This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis riding out again on old Dan. We got to go now. We got to get out. Got to get a getting. And uh, someone sent me $20 and said, get old Dan a sack of oats. We'll do that. But let's go right now. We got a responsibility to get out here and get out the gospel. And I praise the Lord for old Dan. Don't y'all do that? I praise the Lord for it. Every means that we have of getting out the gospel. And I thank you for praying for the old Trailblazer. Many of you doing that thing. But we're looking at this study on man, the head of the home. And I know, before you tell me, that I'm, I'm not equipped to do these studies. I'm not smart. I'm not very learned. I very have a little limited uh, education. But I, I do have a little bit of common sense. The Lord gave me a little common sense, and I can read. And the Bible says that man is the head of the home. I read that. I don't have any trouble reading that. I don't have no trouble reading that the man is, uh, has a voice of authority. That's, that's God's word. We've gotten away from it, I know, because many of our pastors and preachers never say a word about it because uh, they, 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 the church is run by a bunch of women most a lot of time, and the committees now are headed up by women. they got women preachers, which is a terrible thing. I'm going to get into that in a few days. And a man and a woman, the woman never was called a preach. Don't, don't, don't rear back in your chair there and tell me I'm crazy. Never has been a woman called a preach yet. Because the Bible says she has to be the husband of one wife. And uh, I, I, we, we won't go there today. We're looking there at the husband. He's not only the head of the home. But let me, let me pick up where I left off yesterday. We were talking about the children not having anything to do around the home. And I was lining up some things that maybe you could think about. But one of the things we were talking about was when the, when the supper table is, is cleared away, those children, boys and girls, Clean that kitchen. Wash those dishes. One wash and one dry, one put away. I know I had I had a, a, two girls and a boy, and they when they got up nine, ten years old, eight years old, they cleaned the kitchen. They washed the dishes, put the dishes away, swept the kitchen out, took the garbage out before they got started on anything else. And uh, once in a while, I'd have to go in there with a limb to them because they'd get in a spat or one of them would splash water on the other and get into it. That's just children for you, my friend. But they knew. They knew. They didn't have to. They didn't have to be told. They knew that was their job. And that's what we're doing. We're letting our kids get off now. Oh, we'll stack them in the dishwasher later, son. Don't. Y'all go on out and play. We'll stack them. No, sir. You clean them dishes. Clean that kitchen before you go out. Put out the garbage and feed the cat and whatever else it is to do. Mama go sit down in the, on the couch and take it easy. But listen, my friend, listen, my young young adults. If if you neglect to be kind and gentle and help your mother, you'll you'll rue the day. You'll rue the day one day. That's right. When mom's old and gray and crippled up and all, you'll say, "I wish I'd have been better to her. I wish I had her. I know I I have that feeling myself." I helped my mama wash clothes on a rub board, and uh, I've seen her wash them till her hands would bleed. And then my brother and I would get in there and help her wash them overhauls and, and dungarees and stuff like that. And uh, but my friend, we we just throwing our children to the world. We we just throwing them to the world, not letting them do anything, not having them clean the kitchen. I mean, they can clean as soon as the girl gets big enough to stir in a pot. Mama teach them a little bit how to cook a little something. Little they they like that. But if you don't ever teach them, they won't know nothing. But let's go back now. Man is not only the head of the home, but he's a voice of authority. Listen, when he says no, he means no. Now, I don't believe in a man being a tyrant. 
hard nose, never, no. And I've told you oftentimes, uh, that's not the way to raise children. And I was, I treated my children good. I, I carried them to the ball games on Friday night. We'd go to the ball game. My son played football. We went to his game. My daughter, baby daughter played basketball. We went to her game. And I'll tell you right here, not a thing in this world wrong with going to a basketball game or football game. The thing is wrong is you send yours up there in a crowd of, of hoodlums and you're not with them. I was with mine. And when the game was over, they knew where to go. They went and got in the car and we went home. But my friend, folks, folks just throw all that away now. They just throw it away. But listen, the Bible says, don't let the woman assume authority over the man. In every circle, every family, every clan, every state, in every nation, there has to be a voice of authority. Sometimes that voice is a terrible voice, my friend. Sometimes we don't think much of our elected officials. I don't. But my friend, I know that there has to be a voice of authority. The voice of authority here in this city where we live is in the, in the government, the seat of the government, the mayor and the police chief and the rest of it. The voice of authority uh, belongs in the government. In the home, God has invested that voice of authority in the husband, not the wife, not the children. He didn't invest that authority in the wife or in the child, but in the husband as the head of that family. In Genesis 3.16, we find God said, and he shall rule over the wife, and he shall rule over thee. In other words, vested in the husband is a voice of authority. Now, I know that's not popular. I know that we've gotten away from that, and I know that this Woman's movement that started many years ago has taken over our home. Women, a lot of times, make the money, and the husband is like an old a bee hanging around the hive. He don't do a thing in the world. I don't know how you do at home like that, my friend, where the woman goes out and works hard all day, and the man stays down at the pool hall or the bar room and comes dragging in about supper time. I don't know what kind of home that is. That's not a home. That's a hell. That's a hell, my friend. Oh, how many broken homes do we have in this world, in this nation of ours today? I told you that I spoke to a judge, district judge here not long ago, and he said, Pastor, uh, five out of ten of our marriages now are separating within five years. And I think it's worth now. That was two or three years ago that he told me that. But, oh, I long, I long for you folks who hear me, you folks of the First Baptist Church of Algiers, to go back now. Maybe you've messed up. Maybe you've made a mess out of your marriage. Maybe you have. It's not too late to start over again, my friend. Ask the Lord for grace. Did you know it takes grace to do these things? I don't, I don't have an easy solution, except for you folks who have small children. Start now. Start now to bring them up with a voice of authority, with those instructions, instructions from mama and daddy that they don't have their way when they get three and four years old. How many times have I visited in homes where the, where the daddy seemed not to care, not even to recognize that he was the head of the home and uh, that he was supposed to speak with the voice of authority? And I've seen this happen. Young girl wanting to do something, and mama tells him, no, you can't do those things, and she runs to daddy, and he said, that's all right. Go ahead. Your mama don't care. Your mama don't know what she's talking about. You go ahead. Well, a few times like that, and that wrecks a home, my friend. That girl will be on Skid Row before long. Skid Row, you know what that is? That's the red light district. 
down there where the where the brothels are and the and the, all of those things. We won't even talk about it. But listen, listen. I've seen husbands sit up and let the children sass their mamas. I've seen that. Oh, I wanted to take a hold to him so bad. I wanted to just take a hold to him so bad to let your son or let your daughter fly back in the face of your wife. I don't care what the situation was. I don't care. A sass, oh, a sass in my family, my dad and my mother, you wound up. You wound up somewhere you was hurting because sassing, you, you, you might not. You might not know much. You might not ever be able to learn much. But you can be obedient, my friend. You can say, yes, Mom, I'm going to do that right now. Oh, but listen, that individual sees a child sashing his mama or her mama, and he never says anything or never to correct that child and bring it back to honor its mom and daddy. You ask the kids of, of, of my family if, if you see them. Listen, listen, you find out. You'll find out, my friend. Oh, but listen, the worst whipping that, that, that you can ever get was to sash your mama. That's what I believe. That's one of the worst ones you ought to get. And listen, let me tell you something. Any man, any man got a bunch of grandkids, listen, and they, they won't mind. They won't mind. You take over, Grandpa. You take over, Grandpa. Now, get it. You say, well, old Trailblazer, you're just full of, full of it today. you just gone off on a tangent. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not, my friend. No, I'm not. I tell you, it's grace to have a pleasant home to come home to where there's no scrapping and fighting and fussing. And I, I, we're not going to get into the uh, drinking and carrying on this in this study today, but a man come in with liquor on his breath, and naturally he's got to, he says things he never would say if he was sober and maybe slaps his wife around. That's the most, under, most, most terrible thing I ever. I told you in a study past, Woman come in, man come in, give his wife a black eye, call the law. Call them right then. Press charges against him for cruelty. And don't give them back. Don't take them back. No, sir. You don't need that man. Whether he's drinking or not drinking, he don't love you. That man don't love you. He loves himself. Satan's got him possessed, but every evil spirit there is a man that hit a woman. I know. You, you call me. I'll discuss it with you, my friend. But listen, in many of our homes, the child are left uh, almost entirely to be corrected by their mother, and uh, I see those things. I see them. It's just, it's just bad. I'm almost at a loss of what to say. But I want to, I want to just stop here and ask you: Would you pray for the old trailblazer, day by day? The Lord will give me knowledge, knowledge and wisdom, what to say along this line. I, I want to be true to your soul. I want to be kind to you. I want to be gentle to you. But my friend, we're we're goners. This our, our country, our homes are on a, on a toboggan slide to hell. We're raising a bunch of heathens in this world today, my friend. We are. We're raising a bunch of heathens. I mean, I'm talking about heathens. Heathens. I heard on the radio the other day to one of the ball games here, one of our big universities. They got it where the student section is. They're chanting some kind of uh, song chant or whatever. It's so vulgar. It's so vulgar that they don't know what to do about it, my friend. These are college students saying four-letter words in a, in, a, in a chant at the university. They're embarrassing good, clean, honest, decent people. Can't even go to the ball game without having somebody with this, with this stuff that they say now. And I know, I know it's out there, but, my friend, they're not in a bar room somewhere. They're in a public university, and I don't know what, they don't know what to do with it. I know what I'd do with it. I'd turn them out of school. 
I'd, I'd have somebody there taking names and addresses, and I'd turn them out of school. Well, you say, well, they got a, a, a Fourth Amendment or whatever it is to say what they want to say. But my friend, uh, your, your, your right ends where it, where it touches me. That's right. You, you abuse me when you say those things. And I, I'm not going to stand for it. I don't. I'll tell you more about that later because our time's running out. But my friend, it's a sad day when you can't even go to a ball game without hearing four-letter words right next to you. And, uh, but the old trailblazers are going to keep on, be true to you day by day. And I hope you'll pray for me. Uh, grace, Lord, give me grace to be true to your soul without compromising. I can't compromise, my friend. I can't quit and I can't compromise because your soul is at stake. Those children's souls are at stake that you let them grow up to be heathens and, 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 and she-devils and he-devils. But this is the old trailblazer, Pastor Albert Pendarvis. Remember, my mailing address, if you'd like to write, write and call me or write and cuss me, whatever you'd like to do. And uh, post office box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And my website, radiomissions.org. Until next time, goodbye and God bless you. If you missed part of today's broadcast or would like a recording, the Old Trailblazer broadcast is now available for download to your phone, to your iPad or computer via podcast. Find out more about our podcast by visiting our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org.